Welcome back to another special Saturday edition of Nitty Gritty Sports Talk Show. Nick, what's going on? What's up, boss? Ready to get to it? I hear that. Keys, how you living? I'm doing good. How everybody doing out there? I can't call it. It's your boy Keith PJ, and I'll be stepping in tonight for Roscoe. We got a special guest again today, this Saturday. Brent Arrington, pro basketball player and CEO of Metro Buckets. How you doing today, Brent? Good, man. Enjoying this great weather. Yeah, it is a nice one out there today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the best ones we had so far, man. Yeah, you ain't lying about that. How's your family and everything doing during this time? Staying safe? Everybody good, for real. Uh, I only heard one instance my uncle had a little bit of it, but he recovered, so everybody over here good, man. How y'all people's doing? Hey, bless, man. Everybody's good. So let's, let's get right to it, Brent. Um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how you were introduced to the game of basketball. Well, uh, I grew up here, Randallstown area. Um, I was living with my step pops and my mom's for real. So my step pops, he is like real athletic type dude. So he liked all the sports like baseball, basketball, tennis, football, all that. And he decided to like put us in all the little camps for each of those. And I see my big brother kind of cling to basketball. So, of course, you know, I'm looking up to him. So I started hoop a little bit. We played at uh, LRW, if y'all heard of it. LRW is in Deer Park area. Yes, sir. Of course. We yeah. all went to Deer Park. Grew up playing LRW. See, yeah, that's where it's at. And that's where it starts at, man. So we, uh, we all played LRW. And then from there, we just played with, like, the small little area uh, AAU teams. And then that was about it. It was, it was up from there. Okay, so when we get to high school, we know that you hooped at Lansdowne, and Lansdowne isn't typically known for hoops, so talk to us about <laughs> your time there and some of the toughest play- players you uh, faced off against there. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't even looking to play basketball when I got to high school. Like, it was one of those things, I was, I was a decent athlete at the time, and I was going to, like, try to go to Western Tech, try to do, like, computer science or whatever. They put me on the wait list. So I was like, all right, well, we'll just go to Lansdowne. I'm not trying to go to the zone school, Randallstown, Newtown, nothing. So ended up going to Lansdowne, doing Academy of Finance. And I'm like, yo, this first semester, it was boring as I don't know what. I got to do something. So I was like, I'm going to try out for hoop team. And, of course, it was it was easy. If you had any type of athletic ability at Lansdowne at that time, you, you probably going to make the JV team. Yeah. So I hopped on with them. And then... From there, it was me and my boy Nick, God Jermaine McCall, and then we played against, like, you know, the Tatums that went to Howard. They from Howard County. Oh, yeah, yeah. They decent. They We played against them. They was tough. They beat us. Uh, we played the dude Kobe. His last name kind of hard to say, but he we went to Perry Hall. Mm. He had, like, a 30 ball on us. Corey from Carver. Ike from uh, Milford. Mm. Mm-hmm. Diddles. The late Clifton squad had Josh Selby, all them dudes, the whole Cecil Kirk roster on it. And then, uh, yeah, rounded off my boy Akeem, played with uh, Kenwood. So, played a couple guys back in the day. Even though Lansdowne is in a basketball powerhouse, you led them to a regional championship in 2009 and a state playoff appearance the following year. How did that feel? <sighs> that 2009 year. We was, we had a squad, bro. I ain't gonna lie. We was all like, Six two, like we had probably eight dudes, all six two. Every everybody played the same position for real. It was like the Rockets, I'd say. Uh, you just ain't shooting like them boys. They ain't shooting small like them boys. Ball. Yeah, exactly, small ball. But we was we was solid. We um 
we was we was winning all our games in Baltimore County for real. We uh we somehow got fortunate and got into the county championship. Newtown had some trouble they got into that last game of the season, so mm-hmm. we got bumped into the county championship. And from there we uh we played a tough game with Milford in the county championship, lost by four. We was down with like twenty five at halftime and I just Man. turned up a little bit. Had like nineteen in the second half. Uh, brought us back against them. Mm-hmm. That turn was lit. <laughs> oh my goodness! But uh, yeah, man, we had that game. That gave us some confidence going to the playoffs. I think we won our first round. I might against against Randallstown or something. And then we had to play at Edmondson, and uh, we lost it. Then we was up by like twelve in the twelve in the third quarter, and we just ran out of gas. But it was. It was it was a lit little year that year, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. So the summer after your senior year, you played for Cecil Kirk AAU with some big names. Um Antonio Barton who went to Memphis, Duran Johnson, Pittsburgh, Cleveland Melvin and Montre Clemens who both went to DuPaul. And you were an integral part of that squad. So tell us about that experience and what it did for you and your game. Uh <laughs> Cecil was stacked, yo. Cecil private stacks forever. Yeah, forever. Um, yeah, um, I don't know what they up to now, but like back then we also had your boy Fresh, we had Quan, we had Jeff. So getting minutes on that squad was tough, and I ain't gonna lie to y'all fellas. Like I was that guy that's just going hard in practice for real. I probably played thirty one minutes the whole summer, bro. But yeah, it was it was tough. But like the coach knew what I could do and everything. It was just one of those things. He had his guys already doing what they was doing in on the system in the system before I came through. And, you know, loyalty plays a big part, so I understood what was going on. But yeah, I came through there. I was like, yeah, we got some dogs on this squad, and I'm gonna have to bust my tail to get any type of time. And so uh, I did play one little tournament. We played out West Virginia. Never forget the uh, other two vans. They they went the wrong way. So the van I was in, fortunately, we went to the right gym. Wow. And I was like, I better get some bump this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man. So, no, I had a great game that game. And then I think from there, it's like, all right, this dude ain't he ain't afraid of the you know the shine or whatever. So we might have to hook him up with an opportunity after we finish with the AAU stuff because he definitely deserving of it. So, yeah, they, them dudes are some, some hoopers, man. Shout out to all of them. That's dope. Yeah, so from there... You know, uh, tell us about what went into your decision to play prep ball. Uh, tell us where you played and why and how that experience was. Well, uh, of course, like we talked about earlier, Lansdowne just, it wasn't it wasn't the, the powerhouse, like y'all said. Um, we were a good team for a couple years, but like that didn't, that didn't produce a lot of scholarship athletes just because you have a good team a couple years. So I'm like, man, I played ball a couple of years. I, I feel like I got some game. I feel like I can go somewhere with it. And I was like, I want to play D1. Like, I'm, I'm just watching these dudes from Kentucky, Duke, all that. I'm like, I can hoop with these dudes for real now at this point. And so after playing AAU, seeing all my dudes on my team, I'm like, I'm just as good as these guys going to high major. I'm like, I should do it. Like, I'm going to just, I need an extra year, but I'm going I'm to go do it. And so Squirrel, the coach for Cecil Kirk, he, he sent my family to the prep school that we could go to and I was like, I ain't I ain't trying to go to this D two that I got pitched Johnstown. So I'ma just ride out with the prep school choice and and see where this takes me. And then it ended up working out. We we got into the school, gave me scholarship and it was up from there. What school was it? 
it's uh, Southern Sports Academy. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's down in Jackson, Mississippi, man. It's I don't think the school is open anymore, but yeah, it was it was, it was cool while I was up there. What were some of the offers you got playing prep, and what went into Mississippi Valley State decision? Um. Well, I mean, first is just the I think the biggest thing that went to that decision was just the fact that I was in that area. I was in school at Jackson, Mississippi, for prep school, and the fact that I was I was constantly in the area. Those coaches were constantly you know searching that area for players. The gym I was at is called the Mississippi Basketball Academy that we was always working out at. And I guess they had some connects with our coach and connects with the people that ran the gym. And so we had a little, uh, what was it, one of those like showcase tournaments. And we had like all the top prep schools come down to us. And at the same time, we had a lot of college coaches come to that, that showcase event. And I just played three really good games back to back. And I think that that got the interest of the guys at Mississippi Valley. Even though it's a low major, it was it was still a very competitive team at the time. And from there, the assistant coach Chico Potts was like, "Yo, you you gotta come to Valley. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what else you got, but you gotta come to Valley. That's all I'm gonna say to you, young boy." <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "All right, man. We'll talk about. It. Let's see what's up. See what the family's saying. Try to make this decision. You know." Sure. So as a freshman, your team goes in the top ranked uh, university in North Carolina. And you drop a career hmm. high thirty three points. Talk to us a little bit about that game and the mindset you were in, because you were in the zone that game, bro. That joint, I I don't even I don't even know how you duplicate something like that. To be honest with you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could go back completely, but I remember it so vivid, man. Like we uh, we pulled up, you know, to Chapel Hill. We drove past all these outdoor tennis courts, basketball courts. I'm like, yo, they got so much money, bro. Like, I'm about to take all their bread at night. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was just feeling good. The second we pulled up, I'm listening to, I remember the track. I was listening to Drake's motto mm. uh, back in the day. And then we got to shoot around. And I don't think I missed, like, probably but three shots. Like, the whole shoot around, just knocking shots down. I'm like, yo, it just feel good. Michael Jordan used to play here. Yeah. Dean Dome, like, the history. The, the floor was bouncy. The the rim was perfect. Like it was just, yo, that's basketball heaven. So, yeah. and it was my dream school. But like, I know when the game started, I I didn't even start back then. Like that was my third game in my college career. And so, I came off and coach was like, just go in here, do what you do. I talked to my family before the game. I was like, yo, I'm jacking this game. Like I don't care. Like this might be my last game I ever play. <laughs> <laughs> so I just yeah man just came out there and the first shot I took it was like a semi-transition swing I was probably right in front of coach Willie Williams pulled that joint straight off the backboard bucket I was like all right it felt good it went off the backboard so it ain't look good but bucket's <laughs> a bucket you feel me yeah it is yeah so from there I think it was just it was just lights out like like Harrison Barnes, you can't guard me. Tyler Zell, you definitely shouldn't step in front of me. <laughs> Talk, <laughs> to night, Talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to them, man, because, like, like, think about it, You don't get that opportunity too often, especially coming from a small school, especially coming from Lansdowne. I wasn't ever expecting to play these guys. So I was – that was I was that was one night for the, for the, for the books, man. Like, that was a great time. For sure. For sure. So your uh, Mississippi Valley State team – believe they went 17 and 1 in conference play that year. 
um, won the conference tournament and uh, got to the NCAA tournament. So what was March Madness like? That's another crazy one. I mean, honestly, they they crazy in their different like ways. The the UNC one is unforgettable just because the amount of history that goes into that game. But the March Madness, we was we was getting smacked all out of conference. I'm not gonna lie, we was low major school, and then we we turned up on conference. We like we not we not about to lose to none of y'all for real. And um, before we got to NCAA tournament, we had to play te- Texas Southern. You know, Omar Strong played with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that was a good game. He probably had thirty all threes. And <laughs> yeah, he got right. Yeah, yeah, his turn crazy. So I, I already knew it was up. I seen him play when he was at Doug back in the day. Mm. And he a little older than me, so I was like, I already know what's gonna be up this game. I hit the the go ahead game winning three to go to the NCAA tournament, but that was history for that. And then we get uh get that that tournament berth. Um. They flew us from a private airport in some middle of nowhere in Mississippi. Had a private jet, flew us out to uh, Dayton, Ohio. We pull up to the hotel. They got fight songs on from our school. They got like <laughs> juices that's our school colors. They got yeah, stuff crazy, man. Like it's one of those things. Like I don't think, I don't think I. It's no reason to ever have that type of atmosphere again. You know what I'm saying? Unless you've gone to the NCAA tournament. So like. Yeah. It, it was one of those things. I'm just like, I was just taking it all in. We get our hotel key card. It got NCAA tournament uh, on it. Everything was lit. We couldn't even get on the practice court. We couldn't even look at the practice court, like, until our time started. Like, it was that crazy. And, um, yeah, man, we, we went out. We played Western Kentucky. President Obama came through. He was in, like, the third row. Wow. Two, three seats from the aisle. I'm staring at him the whole game, not focused for real. And it was it was it was crazy, man. And you know the everybody watching the game, so it's just like you just gotta go out there and show out. So I had like seven steals in that game and I had seven points, but I missed seven free throws because I'm shooting them in the second half and he on our side, so I'm just staring at him instead of shooting my free throws. I was tripping. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was amazing, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. You transferred after a year and decided to go to Morehead State in Kentucky. What went into that decision? Man, Morehead State was kind of, it was kind of one of those, I guess you'd say, naive decisions. You know, um, it ended up working out for me in the end, but I didn't know how numbers affected, you know, the opportunities you'd get after your college career. And for me, staying at Mississippi Valley, you know, logistically would have been the best thing possible. Stay there, average what, maybe 20, 25 plus for three years straight, probably get a get a draft pick. But I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, well, Norhead State's a bigger school. You know, that's where my head coach ended up going. So I was like, I guess I'm gonna dip out of here because we, we had nothing but seniors at Valley and I was the only freshman playing solid minutes. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm, a, I'm not gonna stay here and just lose for the next few years, even though numbers probably mattered more than winning and losing. I was like, I'm gonna just, go ahead and get my release and stuff. And I didn't know also that Davon Usher was about to come through. Mm. So that was a big, you know what I'm saying, big yeah. mistake, you know? Like, we, me and him would have probably held it down down there and, and made the team win much more than we probably would have been expected to. And we'd have both had numbers, probably both got drafted. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, he came down, did his thing down there. And I went to Moorhead off the strength of my release papers were not getting 
you know, sent back to me on time. So all the schools I was trying to contact would not contact me back because they're like, you don't have your lease. Wow. And yeah, Kim English had went to Randallstown where my brother went to school. He ended up at Missouri. So we had some connects there. And they were saying like they would be interested, but I don't have my release. So time went on and all these schools finishing their rosters up, finishing their rosters up. So Moorhead State just ended up being at the end of the line when I finally got my release. And so kind of wasn't the ideal choice, but it's where I ended up at. Definitely, definitely. So talk to us about your race, your sophomore year and some of the pros and cons of sitting out that year. Hmm. Uh, this one is different. Uh, this sophomore red shirt for me was kind of like, it kind of like not who I am. Um, before I got there, I was kind of like real studious, you know, always working hard. But then I got out there and I kind of like just fell into like the wrong, you know, crowd a little bit. I was just like, like man, these dudes started showing, like people showed me like, this how, this how, this is the most fun you're gonna have all your life, you know, like these, these few years, the most fun you're gonna have. And instead of like grinding like I shoulda, and like I was prior, I got into the, okay, I'm gonna enjoy myself while I'm here. I'm reassuring, so I, all I gotta do is come to practice whenever the team's in town. You know, I'm not gonna get no reps, so I ain't really gonna be wasting energy. So my mentality was kind of off. And I got into having a lot of fun and partying and all that stuff, not studying as much. So my redshirt year wasn't as productive as it could have been, should have been. I did, you know, get much stronger and everything, but I definitely wasted a lot of time doing stuff that really didn't, you know, have much to do with like making a better career for myself. So pros and cons, I had a lot more pros, I think I mean cons that year than I think I, I should have had. Reflection is a beautiful thing. So Boy, just talk to us wrong. overall about your time at Moorhead State and what you got out of it. I mean, overall I ain't gonna lie, it was a good time. Um Moorhead is a it's a good school like they they good for academics. It's quiet up there, so like if you do want to get your focus on, you can do it. Like I said, I struggle with my mentality off the court for real. Um, but like I said, we had a good team. We had a I think every season I was there, we were over five hundred. Our coach pushed us to always be one of those teams that were talked about to win the conference and go to NCAA tournament. Though we never ended up making it. Uh, we were always in the semifinals, maybe a couple points off from going to the uh, conference championship. I think we were, what, finalist in the CBI tournament, the College Basketball Invitational. We had lost to Nevada in a three-game series. That was that was tough. And then um, other than that, just had some good you know, individual accolades, met some good people out there. Uh, got some good connects out there still that be trying to help me out with like my basketball career and you know also everything else I'm doing and endeavoring in, and I scored a thousand points in three years there. So I mean, it definitely provided the opportunity to showcase what I was capable of. But you know, I didn't personally I didn't make the most out of that opportunity myself. You know, but it was cool. It was cool. Tell us about your professional hoop journey. Tell us about the places you ever played and what was your favorite experience and some of your toughest experiences. Man, uh, so I played in my first career, uh, first pro career games were in Hungary. I had played in the NB1 in a, a place called Yazbren, uh Kosher Labda Club. They were, it was more like, I felt like it was like a third worldish type vibe there, but the league was pretty solid. You know, a couple NBA dudes were just playing in the league 
the year before and two years before, I think, what, something, Drew Holiday's little brother was out there couple, the year before I came. Mm -hmm. So it, it had some it had some potential. The league definitely had some potential. Uh, it just wasn't the greatest situation that I was in on the team I was with, like living-wise. But basketball-wise, did really good, made the all-star team, you know, had a good game out there. Our team just we suffered though. We didn't we didn't really do that great. We ended up playing a thing called the playouts. So it's like when the last two teams are on the cusp of going down to the second league of the country. And so, you know, I did good individually, had a couple guys on the team that did real good, but then you know, the team just was struggling. So toward the end of that year it was a lot of, you know, arguing and bickering. I ended up in like a couple of instances with some guys that's from Serbia on a team and uh, we all got, you know, sent our separate ways after that. And so that's kind of why I didn't go on back over to Hungary to play my second season. And so with that, I was like, I'm gonna have to, you know, play somewhere closer to home where, you know, things a little more structured. I understand how things going. Uh, ended up uh, trying out for the G League down in Greensboro. Had a couple connects in there. As you know how things work, I had to, uh, Go to trials though, and I did real good. I made it into like the top six guys that they were looking at. And uh, I remember, I think after training camp, I was up in Michigan chilling with my girlfriend at the time. And I got a phone call and it was like, yeah, Brent, we um we bring you back for training camp. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, all right, yo, I just came from a bad situation. I'm about to hit the G League. I'm definitely going to the league. Like, I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that ended up being a, a good experience to start. Like, training camp was tough. Made it through all the cuts. We got to playing games. I didn't get many minutes. I got one game we played against Airy Bayhawks. I played significant minutes, did good. And I guess, like, something happened. I don't know what was going on with the situation, but I guess my playing style wasn't, you know, it didn't fit the, the style of the team. So they kind of slowly, you know, let me off. Uh, I got cut from that team in like November of that year, the end of November. And so I decided to play ABA ball with DMV Warriors out here. They went to, but we went to the final four of the ABA finals. And then I, last season I went to play up in uh, Canada, St. John Riptide. We ended up making the playoffs, but we got swept in the first round of playoffs. But you know, did my thing up there also, you know, made a lot of new connects and networks and everything. But yeah, ultimately it was my pro career. It's been not super long, but it's been a good journey. I ain't gonna lie, I've met some good people, played some great games, you know, showed out for the crowds and everything. And, you know, it is what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about. So, Brent, we have a question we ask every hooper that comes on here. Um, describe your game to us and please do not be humble. Hmm. Beca uh, because I've seen you at the J before and you're a straight dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's real. So I appreciate it, bro. I definitely appreciate it. Um, honestly, it, I feel like my game is has so many aspects to it that it's hard to like you know put it in like a, just the one category. I do feel like I'm a scoring playmaker. You know that makes you know the best out of my defense abilities as well. Um, but I. I I definitely think I score with like the best of the guys in anywhere in the world. You know, I've been to many different places. I've been to Texas, I've been to Vegas, I've been to Florida, I've been other countries. Everywhere I've gone, I've been able to score with whoever I'm on the court with. 
and I, I strap up. So like, to me, I'm always in my head. I'm like, yo, I'm gotta be one of the best two way players anybody's ever seen. But I also feel like I have a very unselfish mentality, and I'm kind of like overconfident in my ability. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can I can cook him right now if I want to, but you know, I got teammates and they you know they need some confidence too. So let me share the love, but. I, I think at this point in my life, I don't really care about that anymore. So, like, if y'all get to see me hoop again, it, it can get ugly. So, I'm just going to just say that. Well, say well that. let me ask you this. Uh, you know, this COVID situation is obviously slowing things down, but what do you envision as far as your, your pro basketball career? Are you still, you, still uh, you know, see it uh, in the future uh, lasting? Do you, do you want to resume it? Um, what's your what's your take on that? Honestly, with the way things are right now, I've been I've been kind of you know chilling. I, my last situation, I, I went up to a tryout in Canada to uh, work out with a team called Hurricanes, and obviously I was a better player on the team. But I think they they was like he's asking for a little bit more money than we want to give him, and so seeing how a situation like that could work out like all right yo you you busting everybody in training camp but you still not you know going to get compensated for the the things that you bring to the table that situation kind of like hindered my desire to you know keep at it but after like all this covid stuff you know like just been stuck in the house i'm like yo i just want to go do hoop again you know and yeah, at this bro. point yeah bro I, I really don't know uh it it could be a matter of just getting the right call from somebody just like yo you should you should just give it another shot but for me i'm like if you can you know put all this work in and you know people still don't want to you know respect it for me i'm like uh, i don't know how much i respect that that hustle you know so we'll see man just yeah 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 you know how that works so yeah i mean hopefully hopefully it happens you know if it happens i'm gonna give people a show if it doesn't i'm a keep helping people out and trying to uh, teach other people how the politics work and stuff like that and how to work around them. But we'll see. Talk to us about your inspiration for Metro Buckets basketball and your mission for the company. Um, So Metro Buckets, that, that is just, that's kind of something I've always had on the side. You know, I've always, even though I was hooping, I was always, you know, wanting to teach people the stuff that I was learning as I was going through hooping. Uh, of course, when you play like a like a certain type of career, my experiences allow me to be around different type of cultures and you know different people that teach how to take care of your body, different ways to take care of your nutrition and things like that. And so, from all those experiences, I was like, man, the only thing that I'm really going to get at the end of my career is if I'm you know able to give back to whoever I encounter, you know, from here on out. And for me, Metro Buckets really became, you know, a, a true thing when I was like, okay, yeah, basketball could be over soon. So now all this stuff that I learned, I can share it with somebody and make their journey much easier than mine had to be. And, you know, so I just was like, okay, I'm going to help people out starting with basketball. But I also want to, you know, show people that there's so many things you can do mentally to be a better person financially, you know, with your fitness with your, your health and nutrition. So Metro Buckets just stem from just with the will to, you know, give back to people and make sure everybody around me is straight because I ain't just trying to be out there in the spotlight. I want everybody to eat, you feel me? Yes, sir, yes, sir. So what are your long-term goals for yourself, Brent, and Metro Buckets as a company? 
Well, like I say, uh, for me, I just, you know, I just continue to want to show love. Um, I just try to look out for the people that surround me, that surrounding me and stuff like that. For Metro Buckets, I, I'm trying to grow this thing into a global powerhouse where, you know, you're getting everything from all these cultures around the world. You're learning how people operate, how people keep their, their fitness, their, their skills in certain sports and things like that, how they keep their level up. And uh, I just want to, you know, instill confidence in people all across the world and show everybody that we can we can be in this thing together. You know what I'm saying? This thing called life. We can be in this together. So I just want to bring everybody together, but doing it in a fun way and by, you know, instilling confidence through, you know, your abilities to do athletics, your ability to take care of your body, your ability to eat right, work out on, on time, you know what I'm saying? Get your weight up and down the way you want it to and just like just really getting the people's mind and really helping everybody out. So I'm hoping Metro Bucks becomes one of those big things where, you know, all across the world, wherever you go, you can reach out and somebody from Metro Buckets be there to look out for you. That'd be dope, man. We rooting for you. Appreciate that so much, man. Guys, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, y'all. That's y'all too, man. We all in this together. Yes, we are. So on behalf of Nitty Gritty Sports Talk, we'd like to appreciate you for giving you your time today, Brent. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate y'all taking the time out. Uh, it's been good, man. Hopefully, y'all get to go enjoy some sunny weather in the summer. Ain't too ugly. Corona need to go away. <laughs> yeah, we need hoops and football bats. Bro, everything. We need everything. Whatever they got, they make some new sports. I don't care. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. Bro. So we thank yeah. you again, Brent, on behalf of Nitty Gritty Sports Talk. Uh, we'll be right back at the commercial break. All right, fellas. Brian Activations. Business openings? Recently engaged during any life event that deserves a celebration? Start planning with Penn Jones Events. Owner and principal planner Paige guarantees a fun and stress-free planning experience. Managing every event aspect, including budgets, timelines, vendor negotiations, event design, and more. Penn Jones Events is a full-service wedding and event planning company based in Maryland. We curate extraordinary events tailored to you. Let's start planning today. For a free 30-minute consultation, visit ppjevents.com. Another great interview, y'all. Yeah, man. Yeah. Brent, he's a, he's a good guy, man. He's really humble. He's one of those humble hoopers, silent killers. Yeah. The definition of a silent killer, Nick. Because <laughs> if you walk in a gym, you... You you don't know you, you don't know you're gonna bite your head off. Yeah. Yeah, he might throw a, he might throw a forty ball on you, man. You just don't know. So um <laughs> like you say, you go into you go into North Carolina as a freshman off the bench, you drop thirty-three. Um and you heard who he named Harrison Barnes, Hansborough. Um those 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 aren't names that people forget. Yeah. And it's that mentality he went into it with, you know, I don't care who it is, I'm jacking. You know, I think if he had that mentality, you know, just throughout, you know what I mean? Yeah. Probably could have been a different convo, but he's a good guy. I definitely think, uh, hopefully, he, you know, the basketball career still still continues, man. Yeah, definitely. That's what we're hoping for. Um, and definitely looking forward to see what Metro Buckets becomes um, as it grows. Um, so I'm, on the, on behalf of Nitty Gritty Sports Talk, this is Keith PJ, my co-host Nick and Keys. Uh, we'll see you all Monday at six o'clock. What's going on, Roscoe? No, no.